Hi, I'm Doug Bennett. Welcome to my podcast, Goals Do Come True. In 2004, I wrote 11 goals in a 59p notebook and it got tucked away in the drawer. When I found it again five years later, I found that I'd completed 10 out of 11 of the goals that I'd written down. So I set myself some more challenging goals and I now find myself in a completely different financial position. So listen in to the secrets of how goals do come true. Today I'm speaking to Sandy Golgart and he's the um, president of Zones. And we were having a chat before the podcast and he's got some interesting stuff going on. A bit about him personally, he's a husband and proud father of two boys. He's an avid mountain biker and skier and he is a disruptive technology and business enthusiast. And I'm sure he'll share with us what that means. In a previous life, he was a regional vice president at Regis for 16 years. So he's in the office space arena and they're uh, developing some amazing ideas and amazing good stuff for the future. And it's pretty much, you know, very important for what we're going through with the pandemic at the moment. He's been quoted all over the place, so we're, you know it's a real pleasure for me to have him on board. You know, he's at Fox Business News, ABC News, and the Los Angeles Times, and now on the Goals Do Come True podcast with Doug Bennett. So he holds a bachelor's degree in business from the University of Colorado and studied postgraduate leadership at Stanford University. So, you know, an intelligent guy, which is, which is really, really cool. Thank you very much for joining us, Sandy. And... So tell us a little bit more about your story and how goals have formed a part of the process to help you achieve, well, the position that you have now at Zones. Yeah, absolutely. Well, first and foremost, thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here, Doug, and uh, I'm looking forward to the discussion. I've kind of always looked at the world a little different, and I don't know where that came from, but it's just something inside me that always questions, why is that the way that it is? And I think we've been certainly very fortunate to be a part of what we've kind of come to know as disruption, where it's become kind of a disrupt or be disrupted world. And you think of companies like Blockbuster, you know, where we all used to have that card in our wallet. We used to spend countless hours on Friday night searching and walking the aisles almost as an event. And nobody would even think of doing something like that. And that model kind of always sticks out to me as, why didn't they think of that? And when you read into that, you know, specific to someone like Blockbuster, you find out they did, you know, they did read into that. They had opportunities to buy Netflix. They had, but they chose not to. They kind of chose to stay the status quo. And we kind of know how that story ends. And I've always wanted to be or fancied myself as being on the other side of that. And so for 16 years, as you mentioned earlier, I was senior vice president and regional vice president at Regis, which is the world's largest shared office space provider in the world. And I had, you know, these incredible opportunities that kept coming my way to take on more responsibility, basically get in a little bit more over my head, you know, every couple of years and dig my way out of it. I found myself after 16 years kind of in a place where I felt like I could do that job kind of walking in my sleep. And that became agitating to me, had nothing to do with Regis whatsoever, that Regis is an amazing company doing what they do. But I started to feel like, man, there's more out there, almost like my business mind was starting to suffer some atrophy. And, you know, I I started to think of what are the biggest challenges I have as someone who manages real estate, somebody whose sole job when it's boiled down to it has to increase and maximize revenue per square foot. 
And one of the biggest challenges that I found myself facing all the time, I would walk countless beautiful properties. I would look at things that needed to be changed. And I would constantly find myself in a situation where we knew what we wanted. We knew it made absolute sense to do it. We would draw up what we wanted. And we'd have to go through this painful, rigorous process that I'm sure everybody has encountered at one time or another, where you then need to get an architect involved, a general contractor involved, all the subs involved, a calendar, a schedule. Find three-month, six-month window where you can disrupt, create a ton of mess take massive trips to the landfill, you know, and just kind of do all these sort of pollutive and, you know, kind of terrible things just to kind of get what you want. And then you go to your director of finance, you say, this is what we want to do. They laugh and they tell you no 90% of the time. So I found myself looking for solutions in that regard. And I came across modular construction, which started to become very fascinating to me. And it's helped me realize there is a movement and a shift in real estate, which is among the most conservative professions and industries. You know, you're talking about billions of dollars, very critical, conservative moves that need to be made. And that's why you have all of this kind of bureaucracy and process filled in trying to get anything done. And so with modular real estate construction, you can order something, it can be fully constructed, manufactured offsite, they bring it to your door, they install it in a couple of hours, you minimize or eliminate disruption, you can have it done on a Friday night, come in on Monday, your space is completely changed. They're now doing this with hotels, you know, from the ground up, building them in places like Africa, shipping them over to Manhattan, and building right in Times Square, just putting these puzzles together. And it's the way the world is starting to shift. So I became very fascinated with that. I decided to make the leap with the kind of incredible goal of working with modular construction to help make that construction process easy, make it easy for people to build, make it easy for people to get what they want and do it in a beautiful, limited disruption, limited waste approach that makes it better for everybody. And so that's kind of how I got started in this. I'm now, you know, the president of Zones. We have this gigantic goal to kind of help democratize the construction process and kind of untap a latent demand. And if you think about it, there's so many people who want to do things, but for one reason or another, they stop. And with construction and building, we're hoping and doing a lot, a part of removing those obstacles and making it easy for people to get what they want, when they want it, for exactly what they need. It's, yeah, it's interesting the bureaucracy, I mean, that, you know, it gets in the way. It, it stifles so much in what we do. So, um, yeah, if we can find a way to, you know, to simplify that and accelerate that process, that's, you know, that yeah. makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. And if Absolutely. you can be environmentally friendly along the way as well, you know, minimize the stuff that goes to the landfill, you know, that's always got to help too, right? Absolutely. And, and you know, I think... Everyone has probably at least read about this move that companies have made to what they called or come to known as the open office. The open office is kind of a fancy description that accounting put in place to justify reducing the amount of square footage they want to give you as an employee, yes. right? Yeah. So if you were awarded 250 square feet per person 10 years ago, now you're getting 65 square feet, you're cramped in. And the company tells you it's open, it's collaborative, you should love it. Well, yeah, most right. people hate it, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but there are companies who do it exceptionally well. The big difference that those companies who do do it well, what they do that the other companies, you know, do not, right? They sort of stopped at the financial gains. Now their companies and employees are kind of miserable. 
the ones who have really done a fantastic job with this, they understand that people don't have one way of working. You know, I may be perfectly okay sitting at a bench with 15 other uh, of my colleagues and pounding away and doing coding or writing a story or putting together different reports, which is perfect. And I can work at a bench for that. Then I might need some privacy and I might have to go somewhere for an important sales call um, or a podcast, right? And I might need an hour worth of of acoustical privacy. I may need visual privacy. Then I might need a collaboration area. So we help companies bring those kind of resources to their space so that their employees can have access to exactly what they need when they need it for the task that they have at hand at that moment. And now you're seeing uh, real estate also disrupted in a way where it's not just about that one particular location. You're seeing companies now embrace uh, more, and this is accelerated with, with COVID. One of the positives coming away from it is companies are embracing that you should have access to what you need when you need it. And maybe you don't need to commute in. Maybe having a great workspace at your home is a fantastic place for 60% of what you do. Maybe commuting all the way in isn't great, but you do need um, access to an office so you can take an office from Regis or WeWork or any of the t- you know thousands of providers you know that now offer shared workspace and then come into the office. So that's all shifting. It's all been accelerated because of this pandemic. And uh, it's something that we're excited to be a part of. And we're excited to be able to help people, you know, make it easy to give their employees what they need, you know, when they need it for the task that they need it for. That's good stuff. I mean, my team, I've got a couple of part-timers and my right-hand man, my part-timers, they're working from home. You know, we've developed that over the last six months. We thought they were coming into the office, but yeah, we're back in sort of restrictions now. So that's all changing. I don't suppose you do stuff in the UK yet, right? We do not. We do not. It is coming. It is coming. Right. Okay. It's just I really could do with a podcast booth. Right. Oh, yeah, for sure. If you could ship ship one of those over, I'm tuck it in the corner. That would be amazing. Yeah. Well, Um, you know, we do um, recording studios, modular recording studios. Another fantastic idea. You have artists who build these 250,000 US dollar build outs. Well, nobody else wants a recording studio except the artists. So when they go to sell their house, that's worthless to 90% of the people looking. So then they have to go to their new house and build it all over again. But if you can do that in a modular fashion, you pick it up, you take it with you. And you've always got your great recording studio that you can constantly upgrade and you know use that way. And that too is another line of our business that's taking off. Good. Well, come to the UK soon, please. Okay. One of the things that we were talking about is this part of the zones thing is this incredible air filtration system that you've developed. Tell us yeah. a bit about that because I think that is like amazing. Yeah. So, you know, keeping in context, our core mission is to make building and make, you know, coming to work easy, right? Making sure people have what they need when they need it. And one of the things that was our biggest benefit was speed, agility, and then cost-wise to order what we have. But going into a pandemic when no one's coming into the office, we could quickly see, you didn't have to, you know, go to Oxford to know people weren't going to be buying a lot of extra rooms when they're not coming into the office. So we set out and said, how can we help? We have a parent company that does these negative pressure clean rooms that literally can provide a disease-free environment. And one of our initial thoughts, how do we take that 
create it into a modular solution. So that got us at least thinking how we could help people. But we made a really important decision, which was let's not try to go force something onto people. You know, let's find out what they need. Mm. Let's take the time to really learn. So we set out to understand where were companies going, what were the big challenges they were facing, and specific to real estate, what were those challenges? And we found very consistent data across almost every industry specific to real estate. And that was when people come back to work, they're going to be faced with major challenges to de-densify workstations, create barriers, both physical and space barriers between people. But you have to find a way to treat the air. And if you think of the air in the office, that is the most shared resource of anything mm -hmm. that a business has, right? Yeah. So you are sharing that air. You have HVAC systems, which don't do a great job while people are on the floor. They do a fantastic job when you leave. But it's more important when you're on the floor that that air is being filtrated. So our engineers quickly pointed us in the direction that said, where most people will fail at this approach is they will try and address the issue through HVAC. The problem is, as we mentioned, where at the point somebody exhales, coughs, or sneezes, what's treating that air? So we put up together massive prototyping, rapid prototyping, and everything else, countless hours into how could we come up with a solution that would help block and filter the air and be the only solution in the world that actually does that and help people get back to work safely, do it in a conservative way that avoids risk unnecessarily, but it helps companies get to where they need because not everyone is good from working from home. Certain jobs require you to be there. So how can we make that safe? And then as people work their way back into the office, how can they utilize this type of solution? And we came up with the Clean Zones panel, which has been a wonderful success so far. And it's uh, just gaining momentum every day. But it is a desk panel that mounts to your desk. It provides the blocking that you need, provides incredible acoustic privacy, but then embedded in that is an air filtration unit that helps to filter the air before it's then shared amongst everybody on the floor. So we have that, plus we have a standalone unit. If you already have panels or you have systems furniture or you have a budget constraint and you just can't do that, you could do the next best thing and have that sitting on your desk filtering the air not only that you are exhaling, but that you are inhaling as well, right? So it, yes. it works It works both. Yeah. So that would be where the goals come in, right? Because this became really seriously important. Oh, and absolutely. a solution needed to be thought up, developed, produced in a relatively quick period. Incredibly quick. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. So presuming on that case, the goal was written down at some stage. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And yes. And that's and important. It kind of followed, right? Yeah. And it followed our core value, which is making it easy for people. So in order to do that, you have to make sure you really understand what their biggest pain points are. What are the things companies are struggling with most? How can you take that away? Use your expertise to bring something back to them that is of significant value that truly helps. So it's interesting because that was our sort of North Star, if you will. How mm -hmm. do we continue on that path? And that set us out on the research. The other really interesting thing is, and this is that give and take, our other big goal was how do we keep everybody employed, right? So internally with our company, that would be a big key for us is we don't want anybody to lose their job. We don't want to have to lay people off. Um, we don't want to create that internal disruption. That too was another big goal for us. And then it was, how do we then successfully launch 
and how do we get it to a point where it's it's viable it works it uses science that we're not creating you know as brand mm-hmm. new science but we incorporating what's been proven for decades and deliver something of value that again de-risks not adds risk to the business and to then do that in this very condensed period of time and we often joke somewhat internally that really we came up with this really great product and solution with the clean zones panel but it's really more the result of 300 plus problems that were solved and ultimately that led us to this which is the end product of that rapid problem solving process 300 300 least, problems yeah at least well that i mean that's some going and that's some yeah. going and so was this part of your vision or you know was it shared amongst other people i mean if you how big yeah, is the team it was shared you know we have about 90 employees in total we had different divisions within the company and everyone was on board with that everyone had their own personal apprehensions whether mm-hmm. i don't know if i want to come into work i don't know if you know how safe this stuff is but i do agree with we should find our, the best way to use what we know our strengths to help people as best we can and we should work together to make sure we all stay employed and come out stronger on the other end of this and when you have that kind of commitment it's then easy to deal with the other things yes if you don't have that commitment then it's really hard because you have you know this kind of it's just sort of a giant hairball yeah <laughs> wanting to go in all these different directions and you have chaos and you can't bring people back together and have them centered but when everyone's committed to the big goal it's written down and everyone's bought into that it makes the rest of it really easy because it's a quick check in Do you still want to make this happen? You know, or are you crying out for help that you actually want to tell us you want to leave, you just don't want to say it. Yeah. Um, you know, and you can work through so many different issues really quick, really simple and get to the core of what's needed and move forward. And that that's what's key. Okay, so the goal setting, you know, is not only a sort of a little personal thing, which is, you know, what I've used over the years, but is something that can drive big innovations if you can get into a combined goal as part of the whole business for example right. you know that's where we're going with this yeah. get the goals though get the goals 100% without them you're lost right i mean everything kind of can seem like a good idea and you probably chase some things for the wrong reason you know if you had the right core mission and then the right goals the right timelines then it becomes much much easier and you can um, overcome it becomes easier but it's <laughs> Uh, way easier. Yes, yeah, the yeah. obstacles like they're just there. It's how do we get around them and all the rest of it. They're not going to stop us dead. And you we... embrace them, right? Yeah. You you learn to embrace. And I I think you know, I I've talked with a number of professionals and I've had a couple conversations where they've set out on a mission to make life easy, you know, for everybody. And you know, have had some interesting debates in that because one of the the ladies I was talking to wanted to eliminate pain, you know, and suffering and I think had all the right intentions where we started to kind of not necessarily disagree but sort of enhance the debate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> was, that's a nice way I, to put it. I I think you have to embrace some of the struggle, right? There it, nothing comes easy. If you're looking for easy, it might not be the best approach forward because then when things get difficult, you feel like you're failing. And yeah. and things are going to get difficult. You have to embrace that they're going to be difficult. You have to embrace challenges. You have to know that they're coming. And then when you do find success and you make it through it, it's worth that 
10 times over because you know the struggle. You so know, you look at, yeah. yeah, you look at some of the premier, you know, soccer teams or clubs and different sports. Those people who win, they'll tell you no part of it was easy. No, right? absolutely. They may have had things that went their way, but the struggles along the way is what makes that holding the trophy so much more valuable. And business is very much the same way. Absolutely. Yes. No, no, I like that. I like, I do like that. So, well, you talked about the big, hairy, audacious goal there. I mean, that, uh, that's that one that you're working on presently. Yeah. Is there anything else, you know, on the goal-setting arena that you could sort of share with us, maybe from your personal life or, you know, from your past that will help the listeners to, you know, embrace this goal-setting philosophy? Because that's what I want. That's what I'm yeah, trying to yeah. achieve is like, you know, I think you can achieve so much. Everybody's capable you know our brains are incredible pieces of kit and so very often they're they're left to wander and meander and i'm you know i'm really concerned about that is there's a lot of you know there's going to be loads of mental health issues coming as a result of everything and i you know i just feel like and it might be a bit too simplistic that you know just have some goals right written down right and it's like you know the rest of the world will just bypass you a little bit i don't know if you see anything i, I agree a hundred percent i think there's a couple of things that i'll share and hopefully you know they're of value so i think it's incredibly important to find within you personally what matters and really be in touch with that because too often i see whether they're employees of mine friends of mine other colleagues they have long lists of goals sometimes i'd argue they're way too long you know, they start the year out and they've got, I want to do this and I want to do that and I want to do this and I want to do this. And then you go, hey, where's your list, right? And it's March. And they're like, ah, oh, heck with that. You know, this came up and, you know, I know I said I was going to eat better. I know I said I was going to exercise, but then you just can't do it. But, you know, who knew this year would be so stressful, <laughs> right? So I think it's really important to make sure that what you're centered on matters to you. It doesn't have to matter to everybody else, but it should matter to you. What kind of personal what kind of life, what kind of, Things do you want to contribute? And to me, that always helps me ensure that I'm setting the right goals, right? Good, I like that. It's really easy for me to talk myself in or out of anything I want. I'm pretty good at sales and I'm my biggest customer. You know, so I sometimes will, you know, easily talk myself into something I shouldn't be spending time on, <laughs> or I can talk myself out of that. And so it's very, I find it for myself really important to be that centered on what do I want to do? So one of my big goals is in five years after starting and scaling this division, I want myself and everyone that works for me to be able to have a choice. And maybe, you know, this has run its course for some of those people. And that's okay, right? Because they now have choices because financially, spiritually and anything else they've they've achieved enough that they've bought themselves the freedom to think so they can think they can decide at that point they can jump back in for more of the ride they can be free to take on maybe some other volunteering or whatever they want to do and to me that that drives me right because for myself i really want that you know and I, i've had the opportunities in my life to stop pause recenter make sure that i'm in touch you know because your own goals change so that's a big one for me. And that has to do personally with, you know, health has to do with my family, has to do with work ethic, 
has to do with little details on when I wake up in the morning. What do I do when I wake up in the morning? Where do I find time for myself to exercise, clear my head, come back, you know, and all those things add up to getting to that particular goal. And it keeps it well-rounded, you know, which I think is important because you can reach that goal and also be so burnt out that you don't have anything else to give because you didn't take care of some of the other things, you know, in your life. Absolutely. And, you know, the, the mayhem of broken relationships and all the rest of it, because you're not getting that balance right, right. as well. I mean, yeah. you know, I'm on my second, but, it, you know, we've been together for 25 years. So I sort of figured that we, that's working out okay. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but it's hard work. But, oh, you know, really and you do work. have to get, you know, you do have to get that balance right, I think. Um, so, no, it's good to hear that, that, you know, there's a lot of personal stuff in there as well. You know, driven for the business, but also driven for yourself and your personal fitness, health, rounded. I like it. I love yeah. It. And to me, what drives me is progress, right? So I don't get as passionate about material things. I get really passionate about progress. So if I see someone that we're working with develop and become incredible at what they do, that fuels me. When I see myself turn a corner and I go, ah, I got that. Now I know I can do that better. I've overcome these obstacles. That fuels me. When we make it through a, you know, a difficult period and I go, okay, we know how to navigate rougher waters, right? Absolutely. And, you know, and we've all no, had those. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And I heard a quote the other day, like, no captain ever learns much in still calm waters, right? No. You learn a lot about yourself <laughs> when it gets rocky. Yeah. Uh, and that's when you do most of your growing. So, yeah, I think those things are incredibly important. And I think, and I don't think they're exclusive. Um, I think they all add up, they all matter, and they all, you know, feel you towards what you ultimately want. And they provide you with choice, right? I think one of the things that I find people who are the most depressed and maybe having the hardest time reaching their goals find themselves in situations they'd rather not be in. And so then fear takes over. A, a mindset of scarcity takes over. It's like, well, this might be the only job I ever have. I don't want to lose it. I hate coming to work, but gosh, what else would I do? You know, I'm miserable. I'm miserable. I'm miserable. But I don't dare leave. Yeah. You know? And you go, you know, wow, maybe that's the best time to take some time to really think about what matters. Because I guarantee you, the moment you get centered on what matters and you set the right goals based on that, You'll find people all around you who want to help. Absolutely. You'll find people who share in that vision. They want it for you more than you might even want it for yourself. They may yep. be vicariously living through your goals. They'll yep. introduce you to people. You'll just naturally find things that help you get where you want to go, all because you had the right centered values. You had the right goal set. And now everyone's attracted to that, as opposed to that person that's miserable. Then that is a, that is. You know, no, 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 nobody, no yeah. one wants to go near that. Nobody gravitates towards that degree of right. negativity. You know, right. you know, it's like, well, yeah, somebody told me, you, you know, you become the average of the five people, the five most important people that you, um, you know, spend time with. Spend time with, yeah. So, yeah, and that's good. That. And, and one, one other thing is like, um, you know, if you don't like where you are, move. You're not a tree. Right. You know, yeah. Which is 100%. Jim, Jim Rohn. Yeah. I love him. You know, yeah. God rest his soul. But um, no, so we're coming to the end. 
that was really really useful i really felt some passion in there and i love passion i love people that you know have their goals can see that they need to be rounded in what they're doing and also along the way want to help people i love the fact that you know you can see in five years time your team around you they have choices i like that that's really really cool that's yeah. really cool so i need to thank you for your time today and um yeah maybe we'll catch up soon yeah i hope yeah? so all yeah, right thank you, you for having me no problem at all oh, and uh, I'll, I'll reach out as soon as we have that uh, booth ready for you and yeah, okay perfect perfect all right sandy thank you very much for your time and we'll catch you as well. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to review and subscribe on Apple, Google or Spotify. I'd love to hear about your goals. You can share them with me at dougbennett.co.uk.